Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So who's the most likely Bruce Arians player that could get scooped up by the Bucks in free agency? And is it more likely the Bucks trade up or do they trade down? And is it possible... For them to keep Adam Humphreys, Donovan Smith, and Quan Alexander. And does spending money in Major League Baseball matter, you know, to a team like the Rays who don't spend any money? We've got all that and more on this mailbag segment of Sports Day Tampa Bay. Your questions coming up in just a minute. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, are you ready for a magical day on the river with the manatees? If so, seven days a week you can experience the wonder and magical charm with Captain Mike's Swimming with the manatees in Crystal River is the ultimate family bonding experience. Now, I'm telling you guys, I have done this. It should be on your bucket list. It's just a wonderful day, and you can't believe how cool it is to swim right next to these manatees. Go up there and ask about their $30 manatee bronze tour, and be sure to ask about the free offer for active law enforcement officers and U.S. military. It requires a purchase of two silver tickets at a regular price, and after that, you're eligible for the free tour. Now, Captain Mike's is the number one customized manatee tour company in Kings Bay, Crystal River. It's absolutely gorgeous up there. The weather is terrific. This is the time of year you want to go. It's pure paradise. Ask about their pontoon boat rentals, their kayak rentals, bicycle rentals, and so much more. Book online now at swimmingwiththemanatees.com or call 352-777-1796. All right, Steve, so I'm up here in Indy Freezingapolis, which I like to call it this time of year. We get a little bit of all kinds of weather. I think in one week I'll be here till Sunday night. It is going to well, it's very going to be very cold. It might snow, it might sleet, it might snow again, and then it might rain. We don't know. But uh, I think at one point uh, there's going to be a low temperature of uh, like 11 degrees. So I'm excited about that. Excited to be at the Combine. It's sort of the unofficial start of the 2019 season. The entire NFL is here. Uh, from general managers to scouts to front office personnel to coaches and, of course, 335 players with the biggest job interview that they'll have in their lives. Uh, coming up today, and you want to make sure you check this out on TampaBay.com, Bruce Arians is going to talk uh, early this morning to a women's symposium, and then he's on the podium himself later today. It's going to be Jason Light at 11 a.m. Eastern Time at the Combine. We'll talk to the media uh, from the Combine, and then I think at noon – Bruce Arians goes on in his first uh, sort of national appearance, if you will, uh, with the national media at, at the Combine since coming out of retirement, and of course, uh, the new head coach of the Buccaneers. So we've got that. We've got, of course, as the week goes on, Kyler Murray's measurement uh, coming up on uh, the last day of February to find out how tall he is. Don't know if he's going to throw, how much workout he'll do. Of course, um, you've got all kinds of stories up here with the Raiders and the number you know three number one picks that they have what's going to happen at the top of the draft with the Arizona Cardinals. So lots of interviews tomorrow and, and throughout the week and today to give you information on what the latest is with both free agency and the draft. So good time of the year to, to uh, get into some NFL talk. we got plenty of questions. Thanks for that and submitting them to our mailbag segment. And with that, uh, I'm ready to go, Steve. Well, since you're in Indianapolis, Matt from Tampa 
tweeted us, where are you eating at in Indy, and will you bring him back a pork tenderloin sandwich? <laughs> well, I know this Matt in Tampa pretty well. And uh, tonight, uh, as I do this podcast, uh, I guess it would be Tuesday night, I managed to go to um, – to, well, first of all, they have, as you know, I mean, they got a ton of, of eating places up here. You know, just, it, it's a phenomenal town. Downtown Indy is really cool. In, Downtown Indy is really cool. Yeah. Well, it is cool because it's centralized. You can walk everywhere. And, of course, the big place, the, the renowned place is St. Elmo's, which is a great steak place. And then uh, uh, the same owners of St. Elmo's own a place called Harry and Izzy's, and they have a lot of the same uh, the same steaks and whatnot, and also the, the world-famous shrimp cocktail, which, um, you know, the big joke, if you go up here and somebody tries to get you on this, ask for the horseradish sauce because, you know, it's really good, and then you eat it, and it's nuclear. It's like the hottest thing you've ever had. So we get people on that all the time on their first trip to Indy. But, no, I was at Harry and Izzy's, had a nice meal with uh, Scott Reynolds from Pewter Report, with Nelson Louise, uh, the uh, Bucks um, PR guy, of course, uh, been there a long time. So, um, yeah, kind of a neat deal. Saw John Robinson, uh, the uh, Seattle Seahawks, or Seattle Seahawks, the Tennessee Titans general manager. Used to be, of course, with the Bucks for a long time. So, uh, chatted with him. Everybody's here. It's weird. It's like you cannot go into a hotel um, or a restaurant or a bar or the mall or any place without seeing just a, you know, it's a who's who. It's kind of weird. Like for people in Indianapolis, they're probably used to it. But just walking through their town is like, Everybody you see on TV on Sunday is, is going to probably be right next to you at some point. So kind of a cool week up here in Indianapolis. So that's where we ate Harry and Izzy's. At some point, I'll get to St. Elmo's. And I don't know about the pork tenderloin. I'm going to have to figure out where Matt thinks I should get that because I'm sure there's a good pork tenderloin, so, so, tenderloin somewhere in this town. Um, I'm just not sure how I would bring it back, and it'd still be good. All right, well, we'll start uh, with the Bucks then, since you're at the Combine and, and helping uh, as the Bucks are preparing for the NFL draft uh, next, uh, what, next month? Well, no, I guess April, so two months from now. T asked, I love Bruce Arians, but any reason to be concerned we're not getting the same Bruce Arians that was in Arizona, and rather a guy who's using the job to prop up his friends? Or is he simply setting up for when he goes? Yeah, there's concern. I, I, I don't buy into those other theories, which I'll address, but I mean – Sure. I mean, the guy was retired, right? And there's a reason why he retired. At some point, he didn't have the fire in his belly. He he wanted to move on to the rest of his life. I mean, they have this forever lake house in Atlanta that they've never gotten to. And, you know, he did broadcasting. He talked about how, you know, he missed being, being – he missed the action. He missed the competition. And that's what you hear about coaches, whether it's John Gruden or others that have gone on uh, to do something else is that, you're around football, you're a part of football, and you might be successful at what your next career is, but but you're not you're not running a team. And, you know, Bruce had some health issues. He had some reasons, I think, why uh, that job was wearing on him. In addition to his age, he's 60, 66 years old now. So I think this is a rare opportunity that just came sort of unexpectedly out of nowhere. I mean, you had a team that had the general manager he liked and Jason Light that he had a relationship with. Had a quarterback that he has always liked, even since middle school when he had him in a camp. Um, but will he be the same guy? I don't know. I mean, the factors are different. Uh, there's different reasons for him coaching now than he coached in the past. I mean, you know, before he went through his whole career in the NFL and had never been considered for a head coaching job until he got to Indianapolis and Chuck Pagano got sick and he went 9-3 and 
as an interim coach there and then was coach of the year, and that's how he led to the to the Arizona Cardinals head coaching job. So he's a guy that had success late in his life, and yet he was out of football. He was done. He, he hung it up, and they say, you know, once you put the keys on the table, you can't pick them up again. Well, he did, and I guess time will tell. We'll see. I don't think, you know, he's not in this for the long haul, and, and so with respect to setting up other guys – yeah, I mean, Bruce has talked about how he feels a responsibility to help these men become head coaches. And Todd Bowles was a head coach of the Jets. Now he's, you know, after four years, he was fired there. didn't work out. He's now the defensive coordinator. I think he has a three-year deal with the Bucks. You know, in three years, Bruce will be almost 70 years old. I don't know how much longer he plans on coaching. But this is not a long-term thing with Arians. Nobody's making any mistake about it. I mean, they're trying to win right now with in his fifth year. Um, so I don't know. I mean, the, the variables are different. I don't know what, what, what Bruce will bring other than what he always brings, which is pretty good stuff. With respect to the other guys, you know, he believes in Byron Leftwich. And, the, and if there's one thing that is an unknown, uh, you know, Bruce isn't calling the plays. Now he's on the headset, but Byron Leftwich did it for like half a season in Arizona. He's a bright guy. Bruce thinks he's going to be a head coach in this league, but he's like 32 years old. And, you know, uh, this is going to be his time being the offensive coordinator from day one and, and, and installing the offense and calling the plays and working with Jameis Winston. So, um, you know, his staff is made up mostly of guys that were with him in Arizona. And, and many of those guys have aspirations to be a head coach. He's get the first, uh, not the first, but he's one of a few coaches, uh, I think probably the only one in the league this year anyway, that has three African-American coordinators, including his special teams coordinator. So, He's talked about it. He feels a responsibility to help these guys in their careers and their ambitions. Um, so is he setting them up? Yeah, but I think he, he's done that, you know, in Arizona too. I think, he, he, like I said, this is, this is not different than, than what it was when he coached before. But it is a legitimate question is, is you know, what is the fire in his belly? Sort of what, what is the end game here? And I think it's reasonable to expect that if he has success and, and or, you know, wins a Super Bowl or gets him close to one, you know, at some point there might be guys on the staff that could take over this program. And I don't think that that's necessarily something they've written down on a piece of paper, what the succession plan is, but he's in it to win it and win it right now. All right. Well, Mantis asked, does the hiring of Bruce Arians give Jason Light another two years as GM? Three coaches in last place in the NFC South, four out of five years says otherwise. Well, look, I don't know what, what would have happened to Jason Light at the end of the season had Bruce Arians not been the head coach. I mean, I guess it's something we won't know, but it's reasonable to to suspect that, again, Jason is one of the few guys that probably could have talked Bruce out of retirement. Bruce was not somebody that other teams were considering. This was not, by, by realistic measurement, a great uh, experienced class of head coaches. A lot of people went with young, unproven guys. I mean, that, you know, everybody looking for the next, Sean McVay, right? So, I mean, you had guys like Mike McCarthy, who has won a Super Bowl, not get a job. If you just looked at all the hires, how far down do you get on the list before you get to Bruce Arians? And if Jason Light was able to make that happen, you know, have that kind of connection with a guy who was retired and convince him to come back into the league with the accomplishments he's had and the staff that he could assemble, I think that's in Jason's favor. Would Had they gone through the season and Arians said, no, I'm done, and would they have allowed Jason to hire the next head coach? We'll never know that. I'm not naive to think that 
you know, there's a reason why Bruce is here and Jason is still the GM because they work well together, right? If you're just looking at records, I mean, his record is one less win than Mark Dominic's. Now, having said that, that includes a 2-14 and 14 season when Lovey Smith had control of the entire roster in the draft. So I don't know how much of that is Bruce and how much of that is Lovey. So it's sort of unfair to make that comparison. But, no, he hasn't had this success. Five years, no playoffs. Uh, one winning season, I believe, you know, when they were 9-7. and seven. So that's not a resume that would typically, you know, give you uh, extended years. But the Glazers trust him, and he hasn't all been bad. He has built a solid core. And let's face it, it all comes back to the quarterback, right? If the quarterback falls down, then everybody's fired. And that's what we've talked about from the beginning. This is Jameis Winston's fifth year. Uh, He's got a big bump in salary. He gets that club option. What happens after this year is up to Jameis. And – at the end of the day, you know, they may clean house again. But I do think that there's a, a correlation between – and a trust between Jason and Bruce, and that's why Jason is still the GM, regardless of what, what you think of his record. All right, well, Les asked, Rick, do you think the Bucks would consider trading up to get the edge rusher they want? Feel like the big three might be gone by pick number five. That would be Bosa, Williams, and Allen. I mean, it's possible. You know, they, they found them – found themselves in a situation last year where they were just just out of some really important guys like Quentin Nelson, um, you know, uh, Bradley Chubb. I mean, those two guys went right before them. And so, uh, yeah, if they find themselves in that situation again. Now, you know, the question is, what are you giving up to get there? You know, um, there is some value to, to volume. Um, but if, if there's a player that, that you think is worth it and, and you're convinced that, you know, where you pick or if you trade down however far you're going that you're not getting the same quality of player, then I think you have to consider – you have to keep your options open. And, and, and I would just say that it's very hard to go up for a player because the ransom is so high these days. Um, even going from five to three or five to um, – it's, it's, they're asking for a hell of a lot. Sometimes next year's number one. Certainly this year's number one, sometimes a number two. In addition to that, it just depends. And, and usually when you see those trades like that, someone's coming up for a quarterback. The Bucks are clearly in a better position to trade down simply because I think the car has a shot at going in the top five, depending on how he tests this week, how he does it his pro day. Dwayne Haskins could be another quarterback that, you know, if you're sitting there at uh, number six or – you know, uh, you're the Giants and, and you're afraid somebody's going to get in front of you in Tampa Bay. Maybe you make that deal and move up one spot and then the Bucks get additional picks. So there, any number of things could happen. They're in a good spot. Trading up is rare, especially when you're already picking fifth. It depends. You know, if the consensus, you know, there's a defensive line draft and if there's a consensus that, that there's only four really great players and then a big drop-off after that, then maybe you would try to move up a spot. Or maybe you would move down and be comfortable with anyone from, you know, 6 to 12 and, and feel like they're all about the same kind of player. Um, so it just depends. But moving up is rare. Um, could they do it? Yes. Do I think they will? No. All right. Well, UK Bucks ask, and you kind of addressed it. Do you think the Bucks? do you see them trading down from number five to get more picks like they did last year? Or have they been burnt from the lack of success and just go with the best player on the board to match Bruce Arians being here to, quote, win now? 
Well, you never, I mean, you never pass on a great player if, if you think that he's a guy that can transform your team. I mean, that's, you know, if the guy is there that's good, you should probably take him, unless the deal is so good um, that you can't say no. So um, I would say that, you know, they've done both. They're more likely to trade down, as I mentioned a minute ago. Uh, is it an absolute no? Because I think this about drafts in general. To have a good draft, you got to get that first pick correct. It seems like, it's always felt like, that if you get the first one right on the test, the rest of them sort of fall into place, right? If you don't reach, if you take the guy who's the best guy, if you're fortunate enough to get, say, a Mike Evans, you know, then for some reason Donovan Smith and Ali Marpet all just kind of happen after that. And then before you know it, you have a good draft. If you get O.J. Howard, it just seems like everything after that sort of falls into place. So I would never pass on a good good to great player that I know is going to transform my team and maybe be a Pro Bowl talent. Um, so I think you, you, you take that guy. Um, so it's they are more likely to trade down only because, again, I think there's going to be big value in the quarterback position, and I think the Giants sitting at six absolutely want a quarterback. And so for them, for – Coming up to get Murray, maybe coming up to get Haskins, they're in a good position to trade down. But again, how far down, what player you pass on, take the guy if you love him that's there. If he can help you and you know he's going to be um, you know, a, a first-round talent, a Pro Bowl, potential Pro Bowl player or beyond, you got you got to make the pick. You have to. All right, well, Ellis asked, in honor of Lovey Smith, who could the Bucks use as a draft <laughs> smokescreen in order to land a player they really want? <laughs> That's a great one. Um, I don't know. You know, I get nervous when I see a lot of mock drafts that have one player associated with one team. And so far, the Bucks have sort of avoided that. I mean, you've seen earlier, like Jonathan Williams, who I don't think is going to be a top five pick because he's really an offensive guard. He's not a left tackle. He's probably not a right tackle. So I think he's going to be anywhere from 10 to 15. Um, we've seen... Greedy Williams has been another guy from LSU, but I don't know that the corners are going to go that high. One guy that you're starting to see pop up more and more is Montez Sweat from Mississippi State. The defensive ends had 22 and a half sacks. The problem with him is, is that I think he's a really good player, and I think he fit perfect in their defense. He's long. Uh, he could stand up and be an edge rusher. I mean, he's an edge rusher no matter what you do with him. Um, so I, I just I get nervous when I see the same guy popping up associated with a team because I don't think that team is wanting people to know who they're going to take. And, and I'll just relate the story. I've done it before and shame on me, right? I bought, I, I look, I, I took the hook. I took the bait. I took the cheese as they say. And, and lovey has admitted this, uh, through other people first year on the beat with lovey Smith, not my first year on the beat, but lovey comes back from Chicago and, they could use a quarterback. I mean, there's no question about that. They got, what, Mike Glennon, I think. But in any event, Johnny Manziel is coming out in the draft. And, you know, Johnny football sort of lit it up at Texas A&M. But there's another guy from Texas A&M named Mike Evans who was on the other end of all those great throws. And so Lovey got in his head. He really wanted Mike Evans. They looked at all the tape and – Yet he thought, you know what we should do is, off the record, go heavy 
on Johnny Football. We love Johnny Football. We need a quarterback. Heck yeah, I think he's. I think the Bucks were picking six that year. Heck yeah, he's a top ten pick. This guy's really special. He's going to be a great pro. Uh, not worried about his off the field. Yada yada. And this was all done sort of you know smokescreen style off the record. Talk to the doopy B guy, who's got to buy half of what you say, right? So I took the cheese, and I'm like. Well, all I'm hearing is, you know, Johnny Football, don't rule out a quarterback. I'm telling you, I think they like Manziel. And Bill O'Brien liked Manziel, or so I was told. And, of course, it was all a bunch of buoy. Manziel goes 22nd, I think, at that point to Cleveland. And then, you know, they, they of course, their guy was Mike Evans. And, he, and Mike Evans was their guy all along. And they just did not want – again, teams get nervous when they see their name – associated with one player because it's like telling the rest of the world hey you know this is the bucks guy if you want him you got to get ahead of him um and so you never want to be pinned down you want a bunch of different people or someone totally different you know you go back to the uh back in the day it was what well, mike mamula um, from the philadelphia eagles was was somebody that the bucks talked up workout freak at the combine and ended up going to philadelphia and if you remember bucks got a guy named warren Sapp later in the draft because Warren felt because of some draft day rumors about drugs and whatnot. So those things happen, and there could be a guy, and I don't know who it is, but I'm starting to see just a lot of Montez Sweat being mentioned with the Bucks. although I think he'd be a terrific pick. All right, we'll switch kind of to free agency now. And Shea asked, is it possible for the Bucks to keep financially Adam Humphreys, Donovan Smith, and Quan Alexander? Seems to be a choose-your-favorite-one-or-two type situation, but is it possible to retain all of them? Possible, maybe. I haven't done the math. The Bucks are about $18 million under the salary cap right now. Um, that includes the $20 million that they're going to owe Jameis Winston. It does not include, however, what the increase of the salary cap is going to be from $177 million to $191. So there's you know, a, a, an extra pile of money there. It does um, not include their draft pick money either. That in, well, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to pay. That's what I mean. It doesn't um, include the that. draft so picks gotta, out of that. Yeah, yeah. you've got to pay. Yeah, you still have to put them on so, the, the roster. That's correct. So, so there's gonna be money spent on them, but there's also guys. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the." F- are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Guys, and we don't know what's going to happen like to a Mitch Unrein who, you know, may not pass a physical and there's some, some you know, some comp- complexity with that. Um, we don't know if they're going to, you know, release a guy like William Golston. I mean, there, are, there is, there are, and you know, what happens to Sean Jackson, which is ten million dollars? Could they do it? It depends. It would depend on the structure. For example, if Donovan Smith were to sign a long-term deal, you could reduce his cap number this year. Um, you could backload some of that contract. You could do some things to keep, you know, if it was a five-year deal, you sort of. Um, spread out the the, uh, the guaranteed money over a number of years. So there's ways to lower his, what we call the paragraph five, that number that goes against the salary cap. On the other hand, if they franchise him and he's just straight $14 million for 2019, it's a big chunk. 
You know, that's a big chunk on your cap. I think it's going to be a domino effect. I think what happens to Donovan Smith is going to affect Adam Humphreys, and that's going to affect Quan Alexander. So my, my short answer is no, I don't think they're going to get all three of them. Um, which three they get sort of depends on what they want, you know, what what they think their value is. The Bucks will have a value for Adam Humphrey. They'll have a value for Quan Alexander. If those guys can exceed it on the free agent market, which I think they'll all get to March 11th, when they can talk to other teams, then they, they may likely be gone. Again, I think their priority is re-signing Donovan Smith or they're going to franchise him by, by March 5th. Um, they could still sign him to a contract after that, but you know he's going to count about $14 million against them when, when they do franchise him. Then after that is a question of, you know, is there one team that values either of those players more than what the Bucks' number is? Um, but I think it's very unlikely they get all three. I will say that. All right, well, Les asked, any chance that Jameis Winston gets an extension before the season starts? Seems like the Bucks could free up some cap space that way. They could, and I think there is a chance. Look, I mean, on the one hand, you could say, let's – we're in it. We're in it for one year. We're all all hands on deck. We got Bruce Arians, and Jameis is getting a big bump in salary, but we're not going to guarantee him anything for 2020. And if he has a great year, we can either talk to him about extension or we could franchise him again. So that's one approach. But you're right. If to me, and, and it just seems like Arians is convinced that Jameis is a dude, and if that's the case. And you feel like Bruce is going to be here at least two years, right? So why not offer him the opportunity to be here two years for maybe less overall money in terms of like you're not going to pay him $20 million a year. He's not going to do a two-year $40 million deal. Or certainly you're not going to guarantee $40 million. But what if you, what if you guaranteed, you know, $30 million? What if you guarantee and, – and, and you could lower that cap value, you know, the first year not – Again, you're taking on money next year that would be guaranteed. So you have to commit to them for two seasons. And, and that's the danger here if you're, not, if you're not really all on deck with James Winston. But you could lower the cap figure by $5 million or so if you decided to spread it out and if he was agreeable to that. I mean, he may, he may feel like, you know what, I'm going to go out and play as a, you know, in my final year of my contract at $20 million, And if I hit it, they're going to have to franchise me or – I'm going to be a highly coveted free agent as a, as a quarterback. So maybe he doesn't want to do something because he's already guaranteed, you know, almost $21 million. Like what, how much, you know, how much could he really guarantee beyond that? So it's, it's up to Jameis. I don't know that the Bucks have approached him yet, but certainly it's something that makes sense. But you'd have to be in it for two years, not just one with Jameis. You'd have to know right now, you know what, we got Bruce. We're going to give him two years to, to get this guy going. And then after that, we'll, we'll, we'll reevaluate. All right, Gonzo asked, who's the most likely former Bruce Arians player that could get scooped up in free agency? Wow, that's a good one. You know, most people would just kind of knee-jerk say Tyrone Matthew. Tyrone Matthew from Houston now, of course, played the Honey Badger, played for Arizona. Bruce Arians gave him that second chance uh, coming out of LSU with some personal problems that he had. He's turned out to be a really productive player, but, um, you know, Houston did not want to pick up the guarantee on his deal, so he's a free agent. He's tweeted some some interesting things. He's responded to moves by the Bucks, like bringing Gerald McCoy back and others. So you know his antenna is up, and certainly he's an Arians guy. They have a need for a safety, I guess. 
I mean, you have a young safety in Jordan Whitehead. You have a young safety in Justin Evans. So um, there's two young guys there, but you could use a veteran for sure. Problem is, you know, how much money is he going to make? Is he going to make $8 million? Is he going to make, you know, more than $8 million? Would he take less than, than eight? Uh, so it comes down to value, and it comes down like it always does to money. My guess is they're not going to go that direction because I just think, you know, older player, um, not that much older, he's like 26 years old, but uh, is likely to get more guaranteed money than they either have or are willing to, to shell out. If you look at just their team and you say, okay, what, where could they upgrade? Like, what, where could a veteran player help them? It's really the offensive line. I mean, they could draft an offensive tackle, perhaps, or guard. There's no question about that. And you have guys like Alex Kappa coming back. Um, you don't know what you're going to do with Kalen Benenock, although I think it's pretty clear he's not their right guard. Maybe he becomes the right tackle of the future. I don't really know. Um, but there are some guys out there like, uh, uh, was it Ramon Foster from Pittsburgh? Um, Mike Ayupati, you know, the Arizona guard. Uh, now, these are 30-something-year-old guys, but you could plug and play with a veteran offensive lineman. So if there is somebody, I would say that it's probably one of the veteran offensive linemen um, just because you have young guys. You could potentially draft a young guy. But what you need is somebody that's an NFL-quality starter. He might not be the best player in the world at this point, but he has one really good season or two really good seasons left in him. So I would look at the offensive line and say there's probably somebody that has an Arians connection that they would consider signing for a year or two. All right, Gary from London asked, we love the fact that the Bucks are coming to London this year. Saw some negative comments initially, but wondered what the overall thoughts of the fan base is to the team playing over here. Well, they're not happy about it. I mean, you know, if you're a fan, I mean, it's first of all, there's not a lot of season ticket holders at this point season pass members, so they're the ones most affected, I, I suppose. You're getting a break because you're only paying for seven games instead of, instead of eight uh, or nine games instead of ten if you include preseason. So, you know, that there's that. But it's a division game. It's against Carolina. Yeah, you're losing home that, field that, on a division that game. That hurts. Yeah, I think, I think in general that's what people think about the competitive advantage. And, you know, the Bucks have been over there twice. They're, they're 0-2. They played the Patriots one year, lost to Chicago one year. Um, good teams will win no matter where you play. I mean, good teams will win on a neutral field. They'll win on, a, on, on, on an opponent's field. They'll win at home. Uh, the Bucs just haven't been a very good team over the years. But in general, home field advantage is real in the NFL. And so I think it's tough to give up a home game and even tougher to give up a division home game. And that's what people are upset about. Um, so I would think in general it's not a good feeling. Although I would just say – and I don't, you know, I can't tell Bucks fan how to how to spend your money. I've been over there twice now with them, and it's a heck of an experience. It really is different, and that stadium is is electric. It feels like a Super Bowl because half the people are rooting for one side, half are rooting for the other. Probably another bunch of people. You know, you go there, and there's like a jersey from every team. People come from all over Europe. It's a pretty it's a pretty cool atmosphere. It really is, and I think the players enjoy it. So. If you get a chance to go, maybe you take that money you saved on that extra season ticket and buy yourself a plane ticket and go over there and watch them because um, that that's a spectacle. But in general, I don't think Bucks fans are happy about losing a home game, least of all to a division opponent. All right, we'll switch directions now. And Mike asked about the Rays, who he says are dead last in payroll. Hopefully they're saving it to spend on a new stadium. But how much does spending money in baseball matter? It matters a lot. And don't let anybody tell you it doesn't. It just does. You know, for all the, you know, 
every now and then there is a uh, sort of the outlier, whether it's the Kansas City Royals winning. And, and look, they draw a ton of fans, but it's a smaller market. Um, yeah, the A's last year made the playoffs. The Rays won 90 games. That's great. That's more of a credit to those organizations because they're doing it uh, with their hands tied behind their back. It's so difficult to compete in Major League Baseball on a consistent basis if you're competing against teams with $200 million payrolls. I mean, the best players are assembled and bought. And, you know, there are there are guys that are rented at the end of the year that, that push their teams over the top in the postseason that no other team can afford. You know, you lose your best players to these high market teams, big money teams, whether it's David Price or, um, you know, eventually one day Blake Snell will be in that situation most likely. And so, you know, how do you how do you field a consistent winner when you're, you know, outspent three to one? And, and, you know, if you don't believe me, then just go back and look at who's won these World Series. You know, how many times has Boston won? How many times have the Dodgers played in the World Series? This is not an accident, folks. These these teams have the most money, and they spend it on really good players. So I I, I definitely think it's a, a major factor in baseball. They've tried some luxury tax and things like this, but it's they're always going to be stacked against them. If if you're a small market team like the Rays and have the kind of payroll they have, you have to be creative and do things different, like the opener, um, come up with you know sort of cutting edge analytics that'll help you win the problem is then the big market teams pick up on what you're doing and then they do it and they're already more talented and so they use it against you um so it's it's a it's a never-ending battle to try to offset the disparity in payroll and what are we talking about with payroll we're talking about the better players make the most money i mean you know and i know san diego's sort of all in with manny Machado, but you know a new player in the Bryce Harper sweepstakes is who? The Los Angeles Dodgers. Why? Because they can afford them. They can afford anybody they want. And, you know, you're not going to, I haven't heard Bryce Harper with the Rays because they're not going to shell out $300 million for the guy. They just simply can't do it. So, you know, yes, it's a huge disadvantage. Don't let anybody tell you it's not. I mean, the baseball wants it both ways, right? They want to say, hey, these small market teams, what a great job they're doing. Look at this. The Rays won 90 games. The A's were in the playoffs. That's awesome. We have competitive balance. It doesn't matter about the big market teams. Then they turn around and go, but you know what? Tampa needs a stadium because they can't compete without a stadium. Well, wait a minute. Which, which way is it? I mean, either they're, either they're you know, competitively balanced regardless of the payroll or – they can't compete unless you build them a new damn stadium. I mean, they, the baseball really wants it both ways sometimes. Well, they do. And look, the small market teams that spend less can compete. But in order to do so, you have to constantly be churning out young prospects, which That's means right. you can't miss on draft picks. And, and one nope. of the problems the Rays had years ago is they had several bad drafts in a row, including one when they had something like 11 Four picks in the ones. first 80 yeah. or something. And That's it right. really had one or two players come out of that draft. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you cannot miss. And, and that's where the money allows you to make up for those mistakes. Absolutely. Oh, crap. We, don't have, any, we don't have any right-handed pitchers in our system right now because we've missed on the draft the last couple drafts. Let's go sign a couple free agents. That's what and, money allows you to do. If you're the Rays, you're the Twins, you're the, the A's, you better be churning out prospects year after year and not missing on draft picks consistently. You've got to hit on a lot more than you miss. And you can overcome mistakes. 
uh, not just in the draft, but also in free agency. Like, say you you sign a player for decent sized money, and he just doesn't produce. You can cut that guy. You can pay his salary, even though he's going someplace else, or trade him away. You know, and eat eat part of his deal because you have the funds to do it. You don't have to be hostage to like, oh man, we spent all this money, and now, you know, we we, we can't afford to, to lose this guy because we don't have the money to pay him. We might as well keep him. We can't get out from under our mistakes. Um, it's the great eraser when you have that kind of revenue. So it absolutely makes a difference to me. All right. Rooting for UF asked, what is the most exciting game or event you have ever covered? What sports-related events, games are on your bucket list? Coolest things. I've done a lot of cool things. Of course, I've done over 25 or 28 Super Bowls, so they've all been pretty cool. I would say it was a Final Four way back. Back in the day when uh, when Michigan won with Bill Robinson, remember that? Oh, in, in Seattle uh, in 1989. In, in Seattle 89, that's right. And that that was cool uh, with the with the free throw after uh, a foul that you would never think would be called, but was and should have been. So the Final Four is, is one of the best events ever. I, I just think that that weekend, um, the Friday semifinals and you know the you know the Sunday game, it's just really cool. Uh, so that was neat. I, I, because I've done so many Super Bowls, there was one that stands out, and only because. Well, there's a couple that stood out. Being this is gonna sound weird, because of the halftime entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm serious. Okay, Michael Jackson was as big a star as there's ever been in pop music, and when he was at his zenith, right, the Thriller days, when that album was at its at its peak, he was the halftime entertainment at the Rose Bowl. I forget the number of the Super Bowl, but it was Buffalo against Dallas, one of the great, you know, Super Bowls of all time. And not from a competitive standpoint. I mean, I think Dallas won pretty handily in that game, as I recall. But to see Michael Jackson, and uh, we got to go to the uh, halftime uh, press conference during the week, and I was probably six feet away from the dude. Um, grew up kind of a Michael Jackson fan in that era, knew, you know, remembered him with the Jackson 5 and all that. And now, you know, he's doing the moonwalk and Billie Jean and, you know, Motown 25 celebration and all that. He's as hot as he's ever been. And I go there to the to the press conference and he barely speaks above a whisper. And he looks like he's made of wax. I mean, the guy was he was such a showman. He was unbelievable. But that halftime show, it starts out and he's like all of a sudden. And I know it's like a magic trick. It was like David Copperfield stuff. But like. There he is, or something like him, and you know, somebody like him. And then a big puff of smoke, and then he's coming up out of the middle of the stage at the 50-yard line. It was the coolest thing in the world, and just absolutely put on a show. Um, as did Prince in the Super Bowl that uh, Tony Dungy won, 2006 season, I want to say, against the Chicago Bears. You've got Prince. Uh, it is absolutely pouring down rain. And he's playing Purple Rain and just plays the hell out of it. And, again, the press conference, greatest halftime press conference ever. We go there, and typically, you know, guys will come up and they'll talk and they'll ask questions from Entertainment Tonight and different, you know, football writers too. But, I mean, basically it's it's entertainment, right? And he goes out there and he's like, people during my press conference, well, they're right. And then the curtain more or less drops, and out walks his band, and they play three numbers. They do a set for like, you know, 
20 minutes of just absolutely rocking out, and that's their halftime press conference. It was it was incredible. So there was a couple of those that were really really cool. And I, I mean, I've had look, I've gone around the world to Japan with the Bucks. Of course, them winning the Super Bowl was interesting. Um, you know, just the the first Rays game in 1998 was for me growing up as a baseball guy uh, a local kid you know uh, from tampa bay and from a baseball family Uh, i get choked up thinking about it my dad wasn't in great health but he was at that game and he got to see it he played professionally for saint pete years ago for the saint pete saints their first professional baseball team and so that was really cool so i've been blessed there's been a lot of great ones but those are the ones that just pop in my head all right and last but not least T emails or tweeted long time first time here when's Rick gonna change his avatar to something that doesn't look like it's from a, the mid 90s <laughs> love the show it's it's a great question I don't know I, I'm not very I'm not very handy with avatars I don't even know how to change them actually um, that picture by the way is a screenshot I think from my ESPN days I was gonna say that's an when old I, TV shot of you yeah I did cover two for ESPN uh, which was a great gig before it was for first take before first take became the debate show uh the uh, when skip bayless took it over and now he's at fox now but now it's you got it's utterly ridiculous that that picture is so awful so now you got Stephen a and those guys but i do have to change it there's a lot of things i need to change just haven't gotten around to it and i'm not, like i said i'm just i don't even know somebody said how come I, there's another thing i don't know how to do that people uh get on me about is like why aren't you why isn't your Twitter verified? Why don't you have that green check mark? Twitter has stopped verifying accounts for now. They're supposedly coming up with a new system to verify Twitter accounts, but they've stopped that for about a year now. I don't even know how you go about getting it verified. Like somebody has to tell me how to do that. I'm just really look, I'm hanging on, man. <laughs> you know, I'm I mean, I'm techni- I'm technologically savvy enough to do my job, but like you want me to change avatars, really? You gotta be kidding me, man. Change avatars. You don't know what I look like. I haven't that changed was a great in movie, wasn't years, it? man. It was. I love the avatar. I love the I love those big blue people, you know what I mean? We should save the earth. That's a good movie. So yeah, I don't know. I if you can help me, you know, text me at uh, I can help you. Just ask for help. You know that. I, I don't I don't ask for help. I think it's a sign of weakness. I don't know. People have gotten on me about it. It's a bad, it's a very old picture, and I didn't do a good job with it, so I apologize. But hey, it kind of resembles who I am, and and the fact that it's so weird that you know people talk about it. So there you go. The only bad publicity is no publicity at all. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> I mean, you can look at it two ways. You can say like it really is annoying, and people are talking about it, or you could say, why the hell don't you change it? It's so damn old and bad that you, it's just really beneath you. But I mean, I've got a new SIG in the paper. That's a good thing, you know. There you go. I don't know why the Sports Day Tampa Bay marketing stuff is me from like 10 years ago or more. I don't, I don't know why that happened, but I, I, I don't know. I don't handle marketing. Like I said, I'm like the Dick Clark of maybe, sports Maybe they're writers. saying you I haven't aged well. Well, I, well or, or maybe I haven't aged enough to where it matters. I don't oh, okay. know. <laughs> I mean, I have aged, but, you know, gracefully, I think. I just, you know. I'm unfortunate that way, but you know, hey, it doesn't matter to me. Whatever, hey, just spell the name right. That's all I care. Hey, those were all great questions, except for the last one, which I already regret answering. But that said, uh, thanks again. And you can always, uh, you know, ask us whatever you want to, and tweet us at SportsStateTB. You can tweet me at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. And remember, um, if you want to do something really cool. 
Go to Captain Mike's Swimming with the Manatees up in Crystal River at Kings Bay. I'm telling you, you're not going to regret this. This is really a cool thing to do. And uh, they are the number one customized manatee tour company up there. Call them at 352-777-1796. Or you can book online at swimmingwiththemanatees.com. Lots going on, of course, uh, today. Jason Light speaks as well as Bruce Arian. I'll be there. Check it out on tampabay.com. We'll talk about that as well. The Lightning are in New York to play the Rangers, trying to win their franchise record 10th win in a row. And congratulations to the Tampa Bay Rays. They finally got off the spring training, training snide, and they beat the team with the worst record in baseball last year, the Baltimore Orioles, 11-5 to after trailing 4-1. to So never say die. The Rays are finally back. So for whatever spring training is worth. Anyway. Uh, thanks again for all your questions. And uh, for Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.